Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, enough LRT. Let's move south of the border. A historic session underway in Washington uh, as U.S. lawmakers debate ahead of a vote on impeachment. They are determined whether to impeach the United States president over two charges, uh, which are abuse of power and obstruction of uh, Congress. To talk more about all of this, and this is obviously within the House, uh, which is controlled by the Democrats, it will then move to the Senate, which is uh, controlled by the Republicans, and then it is thought that this will all be thrown out. Uh, Let's bring in Ryan uh, Hurl, Assistant Professor, Department of Political Science, University of Toronto, and he is with us now. Ryan, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Uh, No problem at all. So, Ryan, we've talked about this for uh, a long period of time now, as this has slowly come to a head. Now uh, we're moving towards that today. Uh, Let's assume that uh, this goes through and he, the president, is impeached today, and then it moves on to the Senate, and uh, because it's controlled by the Republicans, basically gets thrown out. Why is it important to go through this process? Uh, I think there's there's several different perspectives on that. I mean, I, I think let's take it from the Democratic perspective. Um, there is real suspicion that the president was abusing his power for a private political motive. And given that fact, it's worthwhile both to conduct the, uh, the House investigation and to move it to the impeachment, uh, to the removal stage, um, if you think that you've established that this was the, the main motivation behind the president's action. I mean, you could look at it from a slightly different perspective and say that even if impeachment was not on the table, um, it is important always for Congress to be investigating uh, maladministration by the presidency, even if those actions don't reach the level of impeachable offenses. So I think that what we see here, you know, regard, everyone knows that there's not really a lot of suspense in this story at this stage. There is very little evidence that uh, or any suggestion that um, 20 Republican senators are going, to, are going to vote to remove the president from office. But I still think that uh, this shows the, that the institutions are working. Uh, I still think that future presidents will be more careful about even the appearance of using foreign policy for, uh, for domestic political purposes uh, because of what Trump has gone through. Will that happen or will the reverse happen? And as the president suggests, uh, everybody and their brother will be impeached moving forward. Well, that that raises an interesting question, um, whether or not we think that the the bar for impeachment should be set a little bit higher or set a little bit lower. Uh, personally, it's in my own professional perspective, I'm comfortable setting the bar just a little bit lower to keep presidents on a slightly shorter leash. The power of the presidency has expanded immensely in a way that people created the Constitution could not have anticipated. And this is largely because Congress has been willing to delegate so much responsibility to the presidency, whether in foreign affairs or domestic affairs. It's okay, in my perspective, if Congress wants to tug on that leash a little bit, even if ultimately it doesn't lead to removal. Um, I can understand the alternative perspective, um, but I think that uh, I think I still think Congress will be careful um, about abusing this power, because I think there can be consequences for Congress turning every issue into an impeachable offense. In fact, I would, it's arguable that in this case, Congress should have, should have simply focused on uh, the actions themselves without sort of beginning with the assumption that this is necessarily leading to uh, impeachment and removal. Uh, presidential actions can be incompetence. It can be maladministration. And it's worthwhile for the public to know about that. 
um, even if they don't ultimately uh, aren't ultimately the basis for impeachment. So uh, we should be focusing less on the result and more on the exercise. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that that is relevant. Um, I do think that uh, I, I do think that the Democrats in this process uh, were not able to focus public attention on some of the key underlying questions, and I think that that is that is understandable as well. I mean, the key underlying question, what all of this comes down to, is was there no independent public policy reason? for the United States to want to have an investigation of Burisma and an investigation of the relationship between Burisma and Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. That is the underlying question. And the appearance of corrupt motives is not necessarily enough. Uh, you have to go, I think, a step further and say that this is the, was the overriding intention. And I don't think they established that uh, in the public mind. So I think that the process then was uh, dissatisfying for that reason. Ultimately, we, we might we might never know. Um, but I think that the I think a lot of Democrats now, um, perhaps Democrats uh, who might tend towards uh, Bernie Sanders or uh, Elizabeth Warren are looking at this and seeing that it's not clear exactly what the Democrats have gained politically from all this. That's not the most important reason to hold those kinds of hearings, but I think it is relevant. Uh, is there any chance that some sort of ball could drop between now and the time it does get to the Senate that changes something in the Senate? As you said, it's pretty much predictable now. Right. I mean, this president is known for shooting himself in the foot. That's how That's how we got here in the first place. Uh, president Trump, yeah, he's not doing himself any favors. No. So do you think there's something that, that could derail this between here and the Senate? Well, with Trump, you know, never say never, but uh, the Senate Republicans have a lot of control over the process, and it really does not seem like they have much interest in introducing new information. Uh, the Senate uh, does not need to bring in new witnesses, and in fact, Senator Lindsey Graham has said quite plausibly that, look, it's, it's the job of the House to conduct the investigation. We will hear the side made by the House impeachment managers. We'll hear the side from the president's defense, and then we will conduct our deliberations and vote. So it seems the Senate does not seem to be interested at this stage uh, in expanding the scope of the argument and expanding the inquiry and issuing more subpoenas. Uh, I can't be 100 percent sure on that. I'm just going on what Lindsey Graham has said. Uh, so it seems that this could be wrapped. This could be wrapped up pretty quickly um, in the intervening stages. I really don't see it very likely as of new information emerging. I mean, very little new information has emerged over the course of this entire investigation. Uh, Mitch McConnell uh, has stated he wants to get this over as quickly as possible. Are he and Donald Trump on the same page? It's it appears Donald wants his time in the limelight. Uh, I, that, that's an interesting question. I'm not really sure what President Trump would gain um, from having an extended trial. I think the Republicans are on very good grounds in saying that uh, there's not much to be gained from conducting further investigations. That's not the role of the Senate here. Uh, the role of the Senate is to, is to be like a jury. They are not investigators. So I think that any attempt, any attempt to open up the scope of the, uh, the Senate trial uh, creates dangers for the president, and I think perhaps uh, Mitch McConnell is more aware of that than the president himself. All right, so today being described as historic, what is going on today? How does this all go down? Uh, right now, they're simply debating the motions for impeachment, and essentially what will happen is that they will, they will eventually get to the final vote on the impeachment, in which they will send and then send a notification to the Senate. 
Uh, in terms of the conduct of the trial in the Senate, uh, there are a set of rules that you can easily look up online. Uh, one of the rules, interesting, states that the, the Senate trial has to begin the following day at 1 p.m., uh, so we could get started very quickly. Hmm. However, uh, it is the Senate can change the rules um, if there's a majority uh, at any point they like, and so I suspect they will they will tweak the rules uh, to some degree. Um, but as I said, it can it can be over relatively quickly. The Senate has the power to uh, subpoena witnesses, though it, uh, they they're not required to. And in terms of questioning within the Senate. Uh, all questions by the senators uh, have to be submitted to the judge. So it's a little bit different. Uh, a jury can't submit questions in that way. Uh, but senators will not be allowed time to grandstand and to make irrelevant speeches. It will. The first stages will will be the House in, uh, the House impeachment managers. They're essentially members of the House who are selected to be prosecutors, uh, the defense lawyers for the president. And then after that, it could end very quickly. Well, do you anticipate a running commentary on Twitter through most of this? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Uh, I, I think that there is no one who can separate uh, President Trump from Twitter. Uh, I think that it's, it doesn't seem to be hurting him. From my perspective, I always think this is just going to be so disastrous. But uh, clearly, uh, in this age, there are people who just appreciate that direct connection with uh, with the president, it's perhaps even uh, more comforting than Roosevelt's fireside chat. Hmm. So it's worked for it's worked for Trump in the past, and I think that uh, the running the running commentary. I mean, his presidency is a running commentary on itself. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's able to provide, and uh, I think that he might uh, he might start trying to change the conversation as well, shift to the other issues that are faced by the country. Shift to the accomplishments of the American economy, even the bipartisan accomplishments of the president working with the House Democrats. Uh, so I think this will, it's a potential opportunity to sort of uh, shift the conversation, uh, always with Trump, a, uh, an opportunity to say something ridiculous. A modern day version of the fireside chat. Boy, <laughs> that is the nail on the head. My goodness. I didn't think about, but somehow I feel now comforted by all of these tweets. <laughs> it's a melancholy. <laughs> You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, okay, so uh, let's fast forward. He's impeached now. Who cares? Does does his base care? Does he care more than his base does? Because, again, it's still a blemish on his record. Uh, I know I'm always supposed to have very confident answers to these questions, but uh, I think... You're only human, difficult. Ryan. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's, it's a little difficult to say. Um, I think that if we think back to the 1990s, uh, people regarded the you know Clinton as achieving this great victory of surviving impeachment after the Lewinsky scandal. But in retrospect, a few years later, it seems as if that entire episode tarnished the Clinton era and may in fact have played some role in weakening support for Gore insofar as it was difficult for him to associate himself with Clinton's achievements, precisely because that meant associating with the entire uh, Clinton mystique, as it were. So I think one thing that there, there is a difference between saying Trump is not going to be removed from office and saying that Trump hasn't been damaged by the revelations of his actions here. Uh, so I think it's it's a little bit hard to say, but keep in mind that the country is closely, closely divided. A relatively small number of voters 
uh, who become disenchanted by this entire process can shift entire elections. And, you know, you bring up a very valid point, and I've thought of this in the past, that although uh, people may react to what happens to this situation right now, I don't think anybody knows what the long-term effect is going to be. Uh, and again, whether he's impeached or not, whether this happens or not, I think Americans are still going to think a little differently before they walk into the voting booth the next time. Yeah, I think that's possible. Uh, I think it's also possible that it's possible. The opposite happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it yeah. could be forgotten just in the sense that uh, for a lot of people who are sort of only half paying attention, this is a story about there was a delay in foreign aid that eventually arrived and no investigations happened and something about Joe Biden. And if that's the only story that they get, I mean, and that, that's there's an element of truth to hear. This is this is an, more an attempted abuse of power than an actual abuse of power. Now, an attempted abuse of power is still bad, just like attempted murder is bad. Yeah. Uh, but it does matter. Um, it, it, I think it does affect things in terms of just the ability to attract the public's attention and to convince people of the seriousness of the underlying of the underlying action. But as in the case with many situations, like a Watergate, or specifically with this president, uh, it's not so much the act, it's the reaction to it. It's what he says afterwards that's that's damaging. Right. right. I mean, Trump has survived by never apologizing, never retreating, uh, never never admitting error. And that's not the attitude I have, say, in my work life or, say, in my marriage. But uh, it <laughs> seems to work for Trump. Uh, and so why would he depart? Why would he depart from that? Um, it, it's uh, I, I think it is unfortunate, but... Um, I, I also think it's the case that the Democrats might have either overplayed or misplayed their hand here mm. by this would all look very different, for instance, for instance, if it did not appear Democrats were ready for impeachment from January 1st, 2017. Yeah, yeah. And I think that had had the previous years been different, uh, this stage of the Trump presidency and this particular um, this particular stage of, of the abuse of executive power it might have drawn more attention and it might have been taken more seriously. Hmm. So what will be completed by the end of the day? How will today end with this process? Uh, By the end of today, I believe that there will be a vote on the actual impeachment uh, this afternoon. And I also believe that uh, Speaker of the House Pelosi will select the impeachment managers, which are essentially the prosecutors for the Senate trial, and I have read that that is likely to be Adam Schiff and uh, Nadler. Uh, the lo- this is off topic, but I'm thinking of the tweet that uh, when you mentioned Nancy Pelosi, I thought of the tweet that Trump uh, let go about her teeth and such. Uh, the lower this goes, the more everyone likes it, the more the base likes it. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to know what to say about this. Let me just say one thing. I mean, it's easy to see some of these tweets by Trump and to think that, you know, we've just, the Americans have just fallen so low. But in response to that, I would say, well, take some time, read some history. Uh, Trump's not the first petty American president who engages in juvenile Mm -hmm. insults or gutter humor or whatever else, or even had uh, bad days and some corrupt motives. Uh, human nature doesn't change. It's just that in this day and age, we're able to see a lot more of it in real time. That's a very valid point. So you're confident America will recover? You know, reasonably confident. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ryan Hurl's been with us, Assistant Professor, Department of Political Science, University of Toronto, uh, talking about impeachment proceedings underway today. Ryan, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, anytime at all. Take care. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.